I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. All right, we're buzzing. Divisional weekend as we say hi. Good morning. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Points as we take a look. We've moved to four, Michael Lombardi, in Tennessee, although DraftKings just went back to three and a half. Good morning, man. How you doing? I'm great. I thought we moved to four. You know, I, I think there's too many people, you know, that looking at this game and the longer it goes out, you know, they see the Tennessee, the matchup for Tennessee. I thought it would go to four. We talked about it yesterday with Josh Applebaum when he was on the show. We talked about it going to four. I, I, I mean, I think it's going to go to four and stay. I'm surprised it went back to three and a half, although there is a lot of people that see the Bengals as a team that can make these explosive plays. I just think to Tennessee, playoff experience, the rest, I mean, they're really ready to go. I mean, look at look at uh, Vrabel off of bye weeks. He's pretty damn good. He is, when he has eight days of rest of, or more, Mike Vrabel, you just mentioned he's 8-0 straight up. He's 8-0 ATS. He is also following a bye, Mike Vrabel, in his short career, 4-0 ATS, 4-0 straight up. So to your point, uh, that is uh, pretty damn good for the guy down in Nashville. So, again, Cincinnati, Tennessee, we jump off there. 1.30 my time, 4.30 your time, Michael. It's sitting 4.47 and a half. Then the late game in Green Bay, it's going to be cold, 5.5 off the 6. It's been sitting five and a half. Actually, Circa just went to five and a total of 47. You know, it's another one we talked about. We thought it would start keeping going down there because there is a lot of 49er love. I mean, the, the matchup seems to favor San Francisco, even though people seem to neglect the fact that the last time they played in week three, they couldn't run the ball against Green Bay. You know, and really at the end of the day, when you go back and study that tape, Green Bay really rushed Garoppolo effectively. They they were able to get R- Rashard Gary and their edges were able to get problems for the 49er offensive line, and it created a little bit of an issue for the 49ers, but they eventually worked their way through it. And I really felt like in that game, much like a lot of games that we see from Green Bay, they got conservative, and I think that became a real issue. I, I think today's fascinating as we kind of settle in, because if we're being real, the 49ers are the better all-around team. But they've got a guy in Green Bay under center who you oh, know very yeah. well. Because if we want to start pinpointing special teams, there isn't a worse special teams unit in all of football than Green Bay. That defense ain't very good, but they do have Aaron Rodgers. San Francisco, since week nine, that's a whole other story, which we'll get into. But uh, first off, let's just talk about it, the vibe here. How are we feeling? We've got, what, seven games oh, to go, this. eight teams less? This is, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, and today here at the Borgata in Atlantic City, this is going to be probably the busiest day of the year. They've got a fight. They got MMA pay per view, and they got the NFL. Trying to get a seat in this building today is like trying to get a seat to see Sinatra at the Garden at the main event. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, it is really impossible. This is going to be an incredible day here as we look over the Borgata. I mean, they've got everything going on, so it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Did Thomas Gable have the throne quarant like over by your throne, ready to go for you, or was somebody sitting I, in it when you got there? I've got. 
I mean, I got. I think they sold this seat already. I think this seat sold. I got to get out of here at twelve oh one. I mean, I'm, uh, and no coming back here. You know, like are they renting out? The, are either. they renting out the Lombardi space there? Yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm gone at twelve oh one. I'm, I'm on the road, so I, there's no room for me in the end. But this will be a fun day. This will be a fun day here, especially with the boxing. I mean, there hasn't been much boxing going on in Atlantic City, which used to be a, a great boxing place here. And uh, you know, so it's fun to see boxing return to Atlantic City, and they've got this huge venue right around the corner from where we're sitting, and they're going to be, uh, they'll stage, it'll be great. You know, the one thing I will say, and I'm at the South Point here in Vegas where it's buzzing already, you could just tell there's a different feel to this weekend already, but I will say about this, we, you've been at the Borgata for three years, a great partnership here on the Lombardi Line. Uh, it's an amazing casino. The the entertainment yeah. space, you can see Hugh Jacks. Like, I, we've never really discussed it, and we'll get into the football, but where you're at right now with the Borgata that's the best in Atlantic City. No doubt. I mean, I've seen Hall & Oates here. I've seen the Eagles whoa, concert here. Whoa, oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've seen oh, some yeah. Philadelphia soul there? You didn't tell me about absolutely. this? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I took Mick and his and his future wife, Millie, and I, to, the, to the concert. It was awesome. Yeah, and, I, and introduced them to Hall & Oates. Nuh-uh. Not Mickey, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, and we can't go for that. Yeah, it was that awesome. Man-eater th- all over a, the place. This is a great, great venue. Yeah, okay. it's a great venue. It's going to be so much fun tonight. I, I, I can't break down the fight because I don't even know who's fighting but Thomas Gable told me but I don't remember so and I certainly can't pronounce their name so <laughs> we'll just move on from there let's the weather is far you know as far as impacting games we're gonna get pretty damn lucky I mean if you want I'll get into the Green Bay broadcast excuse me forecast it's gonna be cold which you can understand yeah. on January 22nd but we're really not gonna have a weather game this weekend it's gonna be pretty clean yeah, it's going to be clean. And, you know, like, I think we're, we make too much of the weather in terms of the over and under. I think the I think the weather is not going to affect the over under or the scoring in the game. I think the pace of the game will certainly affect that. I mean, Green Bay plays slow and so does San Francisco. And for San Francisco to win, they have to play slow. That's who they are. They don't want to get into a track meet. They don't want they can't drop back pass with their protection. That's not who Kyle Shanahan has been or will ever be. I mean, if you have one criticism of the Kyle Shanahan offense, even to the Mike Shanahan offense, even when we were playing against him and competing against him when I was at the Raiders and he was in Denver, it was make the game a drop back game. Make those offensive linemen who are not very big have to pass protect in a drop back game, not a play action pass game. And it's hard to do now. That's not an easy goal to accomplish. But when you do that, you create the advantage for yourself. So Green Bay has to do that. Green Bay's got to stop the run, make this a drop, because that's not what they do well. That offensive line will struggle to block. So, But the weather, I don't think, will have any effect on it whatsoever. It's going to be below freezing in Green Bay. You know, essentially what we saw, what you see in Green Bay this time of the year. Let's listen to Kyle Shanahan as he travels from San Francisco to take on the Packers in this weather there at Lambeau. Nope. I mean, prepare to dress warm and prepare to get your mind right. Um, and if you do, then um, it's usually not a factor. I think we'll be all right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do well in cold, but I'll be all right in a football game. And I think everyone else will be the same. Yeah, not necessarily going to be overly windy either. So, again, yeah. I, I, there, there's two groups of football fans, one that likes the elements, one that kind of wants it to be equal. I'm more equal. Let's just get out there. It's cold. It's not overly windy. Let's see who's the better team. 
Yeah, no doubt. That's well, this is what football. You know, whether it like in baseball, in baseball, it, 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 whether is to the stadium in baseball, right? You have to configure your team to your stadium in baseball. That's what most great general managers do in baseball. If you you know you want a lot of left-handed hitters, if you got this speed, whatever you want to build the team. Weather too is as a football general manager, you got to build your team conducive to weather. And the one thing is you got to be able to control the middle of the field. That's no doubt. And this is what San Francisco wants to do. They want to control the middle of the field in bad weather. Now, I think what Green Bay's got to do is force San Francisco to throw the ball outside. But the only thing that worries me about this game a little bit is the field in Green Bay. If you watch closely how many players slip on that field, it's very slick. You've got to wear those 7-inch those spikes on. The players don't want to do it up there. But that's you only get traction when you do it. You see way too much slippage because for some reason, and I don't know if this goes back to the days of Lombardi when he was so proud of those coils that they built underneath the stadium, I mean, when they had to tell him that the coils didn't work in the ice bowl, people were scared to death. They thought they were going to get the heads torn off. So, you know, these coils have been going on since time immemorial down there in Green Bay. And, and they're supposed to heat the field and make the field more conducive than playing on a, on a frozen rink, which in that ice bowl it was. We got good news for the 49ers. They're healthy. Warner, Bosa, Garoppolo, all good to go. Green Bay getting healthy at the right time. Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, of course, Randall Cobb, and more. Now, the big question as we, before we get into the game specifically, the big question as far as legacy for Aaron Rodgers is going to be discussed. Now, this is a guy that's got his championship in 14 years as a starter. Feels like he needs another. The Packers have been dominant at home this year, Michael Lombardi. 7-1. and one, Eight, no. a, a league best 7-1 ATS. 8-0 no straight up. Uh, he's been great in his career at Lambeau. In the postseason, he's been marginal. Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers right. as far as his legacy. But I understand that in our business, so much of it is focused on the wins and losses, especially in the playoffs, Super Bowl rings and all that stuff. I understand that's part of uh, my legacy I'll be judged on when I'm done playing. And every year is important uh, when it comes to furthering your legacy. But uh, I take a lot of pride in the success that we've had and that I've had. And I hope we can add to it both from a how we judge standpoint and, and how we judge ourselves standpoint. Okay. He is this. Remember the 49ers, his childhood team. Uh, he yeah. is uh, uh, 0 three against the 49ers in the postseason. I was thinking this morning back to 2019 in San Francisco when the Packers lost, he kind of seemed listless. This is going to be a big spot for him. I, again, I hate to talk about hypotheticals with him, but do you believe this is the last we'll see of Aaron Rodgers uh, at Lambeau and just in a Packer uniform in general? No, I can't see that. I really can't. So you think I mean, he's I back next making, year? I think he's going to make $15 million. I think the Packers have to bring him back. I, I mean, I think he, there's got to be a, a detente, and there's got to be an understanding. I think, I mean, who? what are they going to do? I mean, he's, he's playing at such a high level that, you know, he's going to win the MVP again for the second year in a row. And, look, the guy doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're saying to yourself, we can't turn this over because we know we're not going to get a turnover. They've got to hope that the receiver fumbles or that a running back fumbles because the one thing you know is you're not going to get your hands on any football with Rodgers. So because he's so good with, the, with protecting the ball and he's so accurate, it, you know, I mean, I don't see how you could really ever think that you're going to let Jordan Love take over, not at the level that he's playing. 
Okay, so the numbers five and a half, Michael. We're headed to five in Green Bay, so maybe a little love for San Francisco. We'll get you the splits when we come back. Also, that total 47 and a half opener, it's ticked down a little bit at a couple of books to 47. Let's be real. That week three matchup, we're not seeing the same teams. Okay, so when we come no, back, no we're going to jump into this in depth, uh, that 49er Packer matchup. But what we saw in a 30 to 28 win for the Packers in week three, we're not seeing the same teams coming up tonight no. here, Michael. No doubt. We will not see the same teams. They'll be different. You know, they'll be different, it's particularly Green Bay defensively, because they were playing much better at that point. Yep. Green Bay has a tremendous offense. Defensively, they're struggling. Special teams, which you've harped on, they're the worst in football. The, the more balanced team is the 49ers. Let's see what Michael Lombardi thinks when we come back. As far as that, five, five and a half, and 47 and a half. We're just getting started. It's a huge weekend here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Yeah, Michael mentioned it's a busy day. Also horse racing today, so get involved right there. First bet, of course, express bet. Jeff Siegel, I'll give you the bets. He likes in the first race at Santa Anita today, the seven horse, Houndstooth at three to one on the morning line. And the ninth race at the great race place. He likes the three horse, mow them down on top at nine to five. You can bet these races and more using first bet, the preferred horse betting app of VSIN. Remember, if you need anything for horse racing, just go to vsin.com slash horses. So you sign up now, you get 10 bucks instantly using that code Vegas1000 over at ExpressBet, and then you can receive up to $1,000 in bonuses. Just go to vsin.com slash horses. Okay, we got you hey, back. Patrick. Yes, sir. Every time you read that, you know, it, I, I have this memory of back when I was in college at Hofstra University, and we were all hanging out at the Rat, not going to class, and somebody came in with a tip on a horse at, at uh, Aqueduct. And, you know, in, in New York, you had these OTB shops, yes. right? And so we all kind of got all the beer money that we could muster because <laughs> drinking age was 18 back then. You know, so we got all the beer and we went down to her mat and we bet this horse called her magical self. Was she magical? That no, she's still running. <laughs> she's still running. Lost a whole month of beer money. I mean, every time you read that, I'm thinking about, damn, how bad was that? You know, anyway, her, so ma listen to her, Jeff, ma so her my, magical, my, her self. magical self. I still remember the name. And I so really the moral of the story is listen to Jeff Siegel. <laughs> and so when you read that, it reminds me to listen to Jeff Siegel. You know what, man? You are a renaissance man with these promotions. And by the way, I, I hope Dominic covers his ears for that segment. Grandpa was not drinking at 18, Dominic. We wanted yeah. to that very Dominic's clear. working on puzzles today. Dominic's working on puzzles. He's a busy man. He's, well, the Cardinals have John about, Nash well, the Cardinals the got so, yeah, the undefeated Cardinals, yeah. They're, no, they're, no, they're very much not undefeated anymore. Yeah, exactly. As we, exactly. As we get into now, and... What was the name of the horse that's going to stick with me now? Her magical, her magical self. self. That is her magical self man. at Aqueduct. Yeah, I mean, still running. She's still running. So oh boy, tough one. So you and I always like to talk about the splits and which way the number is going. Sometimes it's yeah. a little fishy here. So John Ewing over at BetMGM sent over the numbers. The most heavily bet team today, no surprise, the Packers. They're getting 79% of the bets and 81% of the handles, so the money. But the number is headed the 49ers way, Michael. So something's a yeah. little fishy there, right? This is... Right. 
Right. Like, let's just start with the fact that the 49ers, they don't resemble the team we saw earlier in the year. In every aspect, they've gotten better and better. Yeah, they have. And, and really, you know, they lost the game in Tennessee, which, you know, they, they gave up. Garoppolo throws the two picks. He's got the bad finger. And then they, they allowed 9 of 15 of conversions on third down. Where I think they've really improved, Patrick, is their defense. Yes. I think their defense. And last week we saw it on full display. We saw their defensive front take over the game. We saw them handle Connor Williams at left guard. We saw them push the center back. We saw them get make Dak very uncomfortable because when they played the last time against Ram Rodgers, they didn't make him uncomfortable. They didn't make him uncomfortable. And so I think this front relies on their ability to pressure with nine, keep the off the defensive line fresh and really, and really athletic and go after it. So to me, that's the difference in the game. And then I think the emergence of Debo in the running game, I think that certainly has helped. Elijah Mitchell has helped in yep. the run game and, and the fact that they're able to, continue to get the ball into the middle of the field. Ayuk has played better. I mean, in the last game, you know, uh, uh, the fullback, uh, uh, I forget his name. Juszczyk. Juszczyk, exactly. Juszczyk, he catches a, a little angle route that scores a touchdown, and they were trying to milk the clock there. And Juszczyk cook it into the end zone for 37 seconds, and then Rodgers brings them back and wins the game. If they would have milked the clock, I mean, Garoppolo snapped that ball with 11 seconds on the play clock. If they would have just milked more time off that, they had a chance to win that game. So, look, as bad as they weren't playing great then. And Green Bay, I think, defensively was playing at their highest level yes, at that point. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so, to me, this is why this game, and I could see why people are more inclined to bet on San Francisco because they feel like, look, San Francisco can run the ball even though they didn't run it the last time they played it. When they played there, they didn't run the football effectively. You know, I mean, Sermon had 10 carries for 31 yards. He was their leading rusher. And so they really couldn't run the football. 21 carries for 67 yards in that game. So, but that that run defense at that point, I think was much better than the run defense it is today for Green Bay because we saw the Cleveland Browns go up and down the field on them and rush for over 200 yards, turn the ball over four times, and still had a chance to win the game. That's fairly remarkable. Which leads to the recipe for the 49ers. Let's discuss them. They want to run the ball and they want to rush four. That's the difference. Right. You go back to 2019, the reason they beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they ran the ball great in that game, you remember, and they were able to rush forward. They stayed in coverage. That's really the key here, and that defensive front is now getting pressure with just four. Yeah, so when you do this, right, you've got to be really good in the red zone because you know this. You're going to give up some throws. You're going to give up some throws. It's going to be a challenging. They're going to build an eight-man front. You've got to play the run really well, but you also got to be really good in the red zone defense. You've got to make them kick field goals. And this is where you worry a little bit about Mason Crosby. No lot now. You know, he's kind of the last half of the season, he's, he's kicked better than he did earlier in the year when he was in that slump. But you still worry about his reliability. And we know long field goals are going to be problematic. I know it's still – it's not a windy track, but kicking that cold football is like kicking a cinder block. It's hard and it doesn't travel as far. It's just, just the way it is when you're in cold weather. So, you know, I think there will be a lot more fourth downs trying to go for it, especially when we're in that gray area where it's really too long to kick a field goal and you really can't punt. Like, and I think that's really where you've got to really have a good play sheet on a lot of fourth down or two-point conversion type plays to make sure you continue to control the ball. Look, I think the, the, the one thing through time and memorial is simply this. Teams that are able to win the third and shorts in playoff games, which means they keep the football, which means they continue drives, are usually the teams that win and the And who do you trust more today in third and short? 
I, I the the number in number twelve. I mean, he's because he can do it running or passing. You know, and I, and I think even though because this defense isn't a take a player out of the game defense, right? The last time they played, you know, they couldn't take, the, especially when the game was on the line. I mean, uh, Devontae Adams had two of the big catches in that game when the game was on the line. So this is not a game plan specific defense. This is a coverage defense, drop seven, everybody runs to the football. We can't let the ball get thrown over our heads. We know our corners are liability. We're going to rally and make the tackle and we've got to play good in the red zone. Michael, we saw this matchup in week three, the Packers last minute win there, 30 to 28. But since week eight, this 49er team is nine and three straight up in ATS. Kyle Shanahan talked about the difference between these two teams now. I mean, I think both teams are a lot better. Um, you know, it was earlier in the year for both of us. You know, I think we had uh, we hadn't lost a game yet. I think they were 500 at the time. And, um, you know, I think I don't think either of us were executing as good as we are now on both sides. Um, we've both been a lot through a lot versus then. And um, I think on both sides of the ball and in special teams, um, both teams are better in all the phases. If I were to say this to you, which I said before the break, the 49ers are the better football team. I mean, you take a look DVOA wise offensively, their top five pass rush and you look at the Packers defensively Michael DVOA wise they're middle of the pack as, uh, as far as against the pass but they're 27th against the run guess what the 49ers want to do they want to run it down their throats they want to run the football sure they do of course they want to run the football and you know and look in the Niners there was a they, they know this going in right they know and they've got to figure out early in this game I mean, they've got to figure – Joe Barry's got to figure out how Kyle is attacking him in the run game by the formations and by the personnel groupings and then take it from there. But, look, we, we are in playoff football, right? So the difference between the two teams is very minuscule. I mean, really, when I set the number on this game, it was right there. I, I don't have it at six like the board says. I had it as a 3.75 game because when you just do the numbers and look at these two teams and break them down, they're very, very close. Okay, here's Matt LaFleur talking about this matchup. We know who we're going to play and um, just the level of intensity and uh, that they play with in, in all three phases. It's evident. It's all over the tape. You can see it. We've played against them, um, and we've experienced it. So, you know, this is one of those games where you you got to be – not only physically prepared, but mentally as well. Is your cousin Vince okay with that guy we just saw there, Mr. LaFleur? Oh, we're going to have a full report tomorrow. Big Daddy coming over the house tonight. He's going to watch the game with me. I can't wait. Big Daddy's in I the house today? Uh, he's going to be in the house today. We get a full report. He will start complaining as soon as Crosby kicks the ball off to start the game. He will begin his complaining, and it will last wait. all the way through <laughs> until the end of the evening. Wait, is Big Even Daddy if they win. Is, Even if they is win, is Big Daddy the owner of the butcher shop? No, no, he's not the owner of the butcher shop. No, no, he's a, Big Daddy is uh, he's my age. We grew up together, so he was a you know we we grew up together, and he was a Packer fan because of Vince. That's it, that's actually his first name is Vince because of Coach Lombardi. And then he stayed a Packer fan, even though Lombardi went to, to the Washington football team, and I went to the Washington football team. So you know, I, I think. <laughs> Big Daddy becomes certain. Bitter Daddy when talking about Lafleur. Oh, no doubt. Uh, we're talking about uh, you know, and you want to don't get him on. God rest Ted Thompson's soul. Get him on that one. He'll go all the way down the street. All right, you know, I think that's the problem. I, I think this. I think when you study how to beat Aaron Rodgers, right? The last time they played, they lost a home game. And I see you, Steve, and I'm looking back on this. He threw it 48 times against the Bucks. They got behind in the game. He threw it 48 times. 
I think it's going to be critical that the that the 49ers play the run really well, really well today. Shanahan 25 and 17 as a dog as the 49er head coach. He's 17 and 10, 62% clip as a road dog. I'm not trying to point you to the 49ers. I'm just trying to give you the facts. Okay, when we come back, we continue also get into Cincinnati and Tennessee. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi line. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's going to be our sixth annual live big game betcast. There's no need to be anywhere else when it comes to the big game than right here at VSIN. So it's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the postseason, of course, and then on to championship weekend. We have 56 hours of free video coverage over at vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join VSIN, the betting experts during and after the action over at vsin.com. Okay, he's Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi Line. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. We're getting ready for Big Daddy Vince's arrival. That is, <laughs> that, that is I didn't realize you, you're going to have a bash today over there at the Casa. Well, yeah, you know, his, his, his kids are in town, so that's always good. And so we get together, and, and it'll be fun. I mean, you know, I get to listen to his commentary on the game and critique, and it's, it's always it's very enlightening. <laughs> so, very enlightening. So I take notes. You, you I, I'm sure you do. You mentioned Tennessee. You thought it was going to get to four. We are officially at four, Tennessee Lane yeah. at Cincinnati. This is what's fascinating. The Bengals have become kind of America's team because of Burrow yeah. and Chase and throwing the ball deep. They do stretch the field. But there are many reasons as we dig into this matchup to like Tennessee. Why don't we start yeah. with just the fact that they got a bye and they got healthy. We'll get into the numbers right. with all these big dogs, Brown, Jones, and Henry coming back. And that benefits Tannehill so much, Michael, coming off the play action. But this is the healthiest the Titans have been all year. No doubt. And their offensive line's healthy, which is critical. Because when, when they struggle, yep. Yep. when they struggle, you know, Pittsburgh, when they turned the ball over and lost to a, to a bad Pittsburgh team, I know they're a playoff team, but they lost to a bad Pittsburgh team. It was because, you know, that offensive line was not very good. And Tannehill was under pressure, and they turned the ball over four times to a Pittsburgh defense. So, look, I think when you study this matchup and dig deep into the numbers, and then go back into the game last week against Buff against the Raiders. The Raiders really let a game slip away from themselves. I mean, putting the ball in Derek Carr's hands 54 times tells you they don't really understand their strengths or weaknesses. I mean, the Raiders needed to come out and run the football. They needed to be able to put the ball in Josh Jacobs' hands, which they did 13 times, and he averaged 6.4 yards a carry. Carr had one carry for 20 yards on the final two-minute drive of the game. And so for me, like, this sets up perfectly for Tennessee. Tennessee wants to play from in front. Tennessee wants to control pace. And they want to eliminate bad plays, explosive plays from the Bengal offense. And why is that? Because what, what Rabel knows, as I know, is if you make Cincinnati put 10, 11, 12 plays together, at some point that offensive line is going to break down. At some point. It's just not going to hold up because it's not very good. But if you allow them to have a one-play drive like the Chiefs did where they blow a coverage touchdown, if you allow them to have a, a, a jump ball situation to, uh, to, uh, to our man Jamar Chase for a touchdown like the Chiefs did, that's your own problem, right? If you allow him to run through zone coverage, 
when you have them covered and, and you can't tackle them, that's your fault, right? So Vrabel understands this. It's eliminate big plays, make them put a lot of drives together, and then let's control the pace of the game. Let's control the pace of the game. And I think long their linebackers really fast. He was hurt during the middle of the season. I think he gives them somebody who can play the underneath coverage and certainly help against the Bengals passing game. And I also think this rush will be disruptive. So why was the bye important for the Titans? They used a record 91 players this year, Michael, due to injury. And just, I mean, yeah. think about that. And you mentioned Josh Jacobs last week at 6.4 yards a carry, which is incredible. Well, Derrick Henry is back. Not only is Derrick Henry back, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, when all three plus Tanny Hill are on the field together this year, seven yards per play. Like the seven, like they, this is a completely different team when you have those four on the field at the same time no doubt no doubt and and I think that when you study them you know they they have a certain style they're going to play and they've never changed the style even though they lost their best player even though they lose A.J. Brown. Now, this is a matchup that I think A.J. Brown can take advantage of. Mike Hilton is a little corner. He's not a big man. He's 5'8". A.J. Brown's hard to tackle, right? A.J. Brown is somebody that you've got to do a really good job. Not only do you have to cover him, which is not hard, not easy to do because you might run with him, but he's really good at getting the ball away from you. He's got that chase ability or a Hopkins ability. When it's a jump ball, he wins. And then you've got to get him on the ground. And you've got to be able to tackle this big guy. And he's hard to tackle. And then you've got Julio, who really hasn't been an effective player for them. But Julio is still Julio, and people respect him, and you've got to go out there. And then when you layer in the fact that they're really good on third down, we saw this against San Francisco, third and 19 convert, third and 20 convert, third and 13 convert, right? Nine out of 15. They're really good on third down offense, and they're really good in the red zone. They're good in situations. And so when people look at them in the, over the whole team, they say, well, that's not a very good team. You know, they're, they're not really good. But when they're all together and they play the situational game with variable coaching, they are pretty good. You know, it's fascinating. They lose to Houston at home. But against the Chiefs, the Bills, the Rams, and 49ers, the Titans are 4-0, Michael. Here yeah. is, here's Mike Vrabel talking about this big game. Well, I would never say it's just a game. You know, I mean, this is, you know, our families are invested in what we do. Um, you know, this is all we know. Uh, this is, you know, our players are, are deeply invested at this point. So, you know, this is this is more than just a game. This is an opportunity to, you know, we've put ourselves in a position. Now you have to you have to win to to move on. Eight or more days of rest for Vrabel. We talked about it. Eight no straight up in ATS. Again, following a bye, he's 4-0 straight up in ATS. He's been in big spots. He went to New England and won on the road in the postseason. He's done a hell of a job. He really has. I mean, he's, I think he's coach of the year by far. Like you mentioned, 91 players have missed games. That's significant, right? I mean, 91 players missing games, and yet they're still able to secure the number one seed. You know, and the other thing I think that's really important is they know how to play close games. I mean, when you go through their season, they are in a lot of one-score games, and they find a way to win those games. I mean, they beat the Colts twice in one-score games. They know how to close out games. You know, the, the, the 49er game, they get behind, they come back. You know, they can play a different style, but they don't change their style, right? They're, it's not going to – they don't panic. 
They're not going to panic and say, oh, no, we're in really trouble here. They kind of find a way to keep going and play within their style, which I think is really critical. You can't make them play left-handed because they're never going to go left-handed. They're going to keep doing what they do, play action, keep their line from having a drop-back pass. Only, only in the fourth quarter, if they're down by two scores, are they going to change what they do. Defensively, Tennessee can get pressure without the blitz, which is important because you know what Joe Burrow does better than anybody this year? He kills the yeah. blitz, Michael. I mean, that is yeah. – he has been tremendous against – Burrow's just been great all year because he doesn't have protection with that offensive front, which, as you always note, won't necessarily travel, right? Bad lines don't travel. But I think more than anything is what's going to help Vrabel and the defensive stash, Todd Dowling, Jim Schwartz, all the guys that are watching this, is they've seen what, the, what they were going to do against the Raiders. They saw the empty formations. They saw, look, we're going to try to get into where we can make you check into a zone coverage, and then we're going to take these short throws to keep the pressure off the offensive line. Instead of handing the ball off to Mixon on first and 10, we're going to spread you out and get six yards. We're going to win first down this way. I mean, now they have a sense of that. They've been able to spend a week two weeks preparing for this, and it gives them an advantage. It's a little bit like the advantage that Georgia had against Alabama the second time. Georgia knew what Alabama was going to do. They weren't going to change it. This is what they did to protect their line. I think it's along those same lines, Patrick. Joe Cool, the new Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, is he nervous? Nah, he's been here before. Roll it. Just played in, in a lot of big games throughout my career, whether it's you know this year, playing, I mean, every every game in the last half of the season was a playoff game, or are those games playing in the college football playoffs and the championship? You know, I think I've been in that situation before. He's not good. He's great. And, you know, yeah. th this, this is he, – he was sacked more than anybody this year, Michael. He's just been tremendous. He's not going to blink. I mean, the guy's no. been in big games. He's right. He's not going to blink. I mean, he's going to play as well as he can play. And, and certainly this offense is, some, is something to deal with. You've got to handle the big plays. You've got to keep Chase from beating you. You've got to force the ball. And you've got to play Higgins, who's a really good receiver, too, on the other side. I mean, he's big and physical. You've got to be able to handle him. And you've got to be able to pressure Burrow. You've got to make him have to feel uncomfortable. And teams have done it. I mean, when they went into Denver, you know, it's a 15-10 game. If Denver, Denver didn't do anything offensively. I mean, when, you, when this team goes on the road and they have to play well, it's, it, it becomes a little bit of a problem because their offensive line struggles to have to block. They go into Baltimore, they turn that ball over in Baltimore, and they were able to, to just run away with Baltimore. But for the most part, is it's a challenge for them to block on the road. And, and if you've ever been to Tennessee Stadium, it's loud. The fans are great there in Tennessee. It'll, be, it'll impact them a little bit. It really will. It'll impact them a little bit because it's going to be a challenge to get the snap count, to change the play, and then also to handle the d defensive front, the Duprees and the Simmons coming after you. BetMGM reporting 67% of the bets, 74% of the handle on the Titans. So that adds up with which way the number's going as opposed to the late game where the number's going San Francisco's way, yet the percentages in favor of the Packers. Let's take a look at the total. I just got 30 seconds here. Quickly on the total, Michael, 47 and a half. Do you have a lean as far as pacing in this game? I like the under in this game. I do. I like the under in this game. I think that both teams will – I think both uh, – certainly the Titans want to control the pace of the game. I think there's no doubt, and I think that favors them. You ready to go to Biloxi and the Beau Rivage? Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to get to Biloxi for a while here. You know, we've been trying. <laughs> Betting can be quite regional. We'll find out what's happening down in the south in the bayou with our buddy Chick Jack Johnson next here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Thank you, Brent. It's Bet MGM in the postseason. Doesn't get any better than that. So here's the deal: you're going to bet ten bucks on one of the games today, right? Pick a team, place a money line wager for ten dollars. You win two hundred if anybody scores a touchdown. It's going to happen. Bet MGM's hooking you up. You have to use the bonus code VSIN two hundred V S I N two hundred. This is a new customer offer, and it's paid for in free bets. So again, anybody scores a touchdown today, if you make a money line bet for ten bucks, you're going to win two hundred. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, rewards issued, as I mentioned, as a free bet. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Michael Lombardi getting ready there. How's the energy there at the boat? Well, we're going to head to the boat, Ravage, but how's the energy there at uh, the board? It's starting to build up. The the window's got a lot of people going for it. So, you know, I think we're going to have a busy day. It's going to be a long day here because we've got the fight tonight, the game start. You know, you've got MMA. They got the pay-per-view and MMA. They've got everything going on here. So this is this is the spot. I, like I said, you got to know somebody to get a seat in this house tonight. It's going to be hard. <laughs> you got to know Michael Lombardi to get a seat over there. From one B to the other. <laughs> from one B to the other. Borgata to the Beau Rivage down in Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh boy, Jick Jack Johnson joins us. Uh, Carl Johnson, of course, runs the book down at the Beau Rivage. How are we feeling, Carl? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, look. Uh, cold outside man it's a good day to stay in here get on the phone app get in the chair and not have to move you know uh i don't know how you guys put up with define define cold carl what's your definition of cold look for me uh if it gets below 50 i'm cold but it was like 20 degrees 25 yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. How how's the action so far? Set us up with the action and then also the numbers on the two games today. Yeah. So it's you know the action's good. Look, uh, believe it or not, uh, you know when you we, we've got you know two games today, two games tomorrow, we actually get more betters uh, firing their bullets these two games today. Uh, some of these guys don't even bet during the regular season. They'll come in for the playoffs. Makes them real popular. Uh, so today, the Titans game, uh, we opened this at uh, three and a half, 46 and a half. Uh, we're at three and a half and 47 and a half. So we've seen a little uptick there. Uh, and then on the first half, we opened it uh, minus two and a half, minus 120, uh, 23 and a half. And we went under minus 120. So we get a lot of action on the uh, first halves also for these playoffs. Yeah, which is really a smart play. I mean, I think if you if you break it down, especially like in San Francisco, where you know Kyle Shanahan's a really good first, you know, his script is very good. We saw it against Dallas. We know LaFleur has a script. So you kind of get a sense of where this game's going to go. I think in, with Tennessee having some time off, people have a hesitation about how long is it going to take them to get back in the groove. But we know this, Tennessee practiced in pads this week. You know, they put Henry in pads. They made sure that he got contact. I think they'll come out and their execution will be pristine early because they're going to be ready to play. So I think the first half numbers are really a good way to make a living. Yeah, and we'll get to the first half with San Francisco and Green Bay. Let me ask you this, Carl. Who are you going to need in that early game there at the book? Uh, you, you know what? Look, the, the the people down south. We were talking about this yesterday. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow is on a pedestal, and I mean, what a what a what a career he's had so far. So they they bet this game down here like they do an LSU game. I mean, uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna pull for that guy. Now, right now, uh, we're getting 50% of uh, tickets on Titans and about 55% of the money on Titans. But I think that's gonna change. I, 
I think we're, for us, our book, I think before when this thing tees up, I think we'll need to tighten a little bit. This is why it's so important, Michael, that we do this yeah. regionally with Carl and then we go out to Atlantic City with our boy Thomas mm -hmm. Gable because, like he said, they're betting Burrow down there. That's important to no know. Doubt. Right, and here at the Borgata, uh, Thomas up on the board. We're three and a half here, and he's at forty-seven and a half on the over. So we're not—we we haven't ticked the four, and that's why it's so hard to predict where the money's coming from because all these books are regional, and we're seeing it. And so you just go back to the handicapping of the game and see what you like, and and then get the best number based on what you think determine. Carl, side in yep. total tonight, San Francisco, Green Bay. We're going to get your plays, but I want to get side in total for the whole game and, and full game, and then also we'll get first half, San Francisco, Green Bay. Yeah, so uh, we opened a full game uh, pack, minus five and a half, 47 and a half. Uh, we haven't moved off of that. We're, we're still at five and a half, 47 and a half. Uh, first half, we opened uh, minus three and a half, 23 and a half. Uh, and we're at uh, we're still at three and a half, 23 and a half. So not a whole lot of movement here. Uh, 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 this is a, a heavily bet game. Um, you know that when I first seen this, I thought that line was a little heavy, uh, but I think it had something to do with the, the injuries of Garoppolo. But I heard they're all back. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. And right now, I think uh, 71 percent of the tickets are on pack and 75 percent of the money. I think you're right, Carl. I think this line opened up the, the uncertainty about Warner, the uncertainty about Bosa, the Garoppolo yep. injury. I think all that affected it. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of an adjustment coming back. And I think you got the Aaron Rodgers factor built in there. I think this game would probably be a, a typical three, three and a half line. But then you add the Rodgers factor, which we all know from you and from Vinny and from, and from Thomas Gable, that no player in the NFL carries more cachet with the line than Aaron Rodgers. That's right. Hey, absolutely. Um, you, you know, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this Lambeau field in January. Uh, I mean, this, yeah, it, it, that carries a lot of weight. Hey, Carl, just quick question. Did you ever, did you get to six with the Packers this week or have you been hanging at five and a half the whole time? Yeah, no, we, we never got to six here. We've, we've stayed at five and a half and 47 and a half the whole week. Okay. So now for the real question, whether you've handed off the bankroll to your wife to go make those. For those that don't know, Carl Johnson's wife is his runner, so she makes bet on the, bets on the sides for him. Uh, but here's what I want to know. Cincinnati, Tennessee, San Francisco, Green Bay, which way are you leaning today? Uh, you know what? I'm going to – I really like the over in the Bengals-Titans game. I mean, you know, and I said it earlier, I, you know, I might be dead. Every time I say that, it, it works just the opposite. But I, I don't see any way how you can bet this game under – so I like the over in that game, and I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I like the Bengals, um, and I also like the pack. You know, I think uh, San Francisco's been through a couple of tough weeks. Um, I mean, this is uh, this is Packer football. Uh, I'm going to go with them. I, I don't like the number at five and a half, uh, but, uh, you know, I, hopefully they can win it by a touchdown or so. Hey, uh, uh, what do you have on Derrick Henry's prop? How many carries? And, and how many yards do you have on that? Are you getting any prop action on that one, Carl? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, we, we held that stuff back. I mean, we don't let the Sharps fire at that thing all week. Uh, I don't even have that in front of me. Uh, you know, I mean, if you put those up on Monday or Tuesday, I mean, you're going to get, you know, obliterated with, uh, with movement on that. And we, we try to avoid yeah. that. I got you. No, the bad MGM number I, was, uh, what was it, 78 yesterday for the rush prop there, yeah. Derrick Henry. 
Um, yeah, it was. Okay, peeking ahead quickly before we uh, have a little fun with Carl to tomorrow, where are you sitting with Tampa Bay as the favorite and Kansas City as the favorite, Carl? Yeah, so we opened Tampa Bay minus three, minus a dollar five, 48 and a half. Uh, we're at minus two and a half and 47 and a half now, so we've got a little movement there. Uh, first half, we opened two and a half, even money, 24 under minus 120. Uh, and we're still right there. We're at minus two and a half, first half, even money, and under 24, minus 120. Anything stand out there for you, Michael? No, you know, I mean, I think this, I think the couple factors here is the Whitworth injury is concerning. Note Bloom will now have to play left tackle. And the last time they played, Jason Pierre Paul didn't play in that game. So that's a real concern. And now that I think that the, and I thought the Rams did a wonderful job the last time they played of protecting Stafford. And really, the Tampa never got inside pressure or outside pressure. I mean, this offensive line did a great job. They're going to have to repeat that. That's what worries me a little bit is I just think McVay has an understanding of bowls and what he does. Okay, last week it was Thai food and gin. Couple questions. <laughs> what are you eating? What are you drinking? And then we also have to say congratulations. Carl has launched his podcast. I want to make sure everybody knows. It's called One More with Carl Johnson. First off, congrats, Carl. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I was just I was I just didn't want to fumble the football on the first one, but we got through it. Uh, but look, yeah. before I put my feet on the floor this morning, the first thought because of the cold weather, chicken and sausage gumbo or corn and shrimp soup with biscuits. <laughs> wow. How's that sound, Lombardi? That, I mean, the, what I love is that's a Parcells line. Before I put my feet on the floor in the morning, I used to hear that from Parcells when my feet I mean, hit I, the I, ground. I love I, it. I think something's wrong with me, you know, but I mean, that's just the way my mind works. I didn't even get my foot on the floor and I'm thinking about what I want to eat. Ain't nothing wrong with you, old boy. By the way, that rush prop for Derrick Henry jumped from 78 yesterday, Michael, to 83 and a half over at BetMGM. I mean, if you pay attention, we said it was. Carl, you're the best. I can't wait to watch the games. Hopefully, we'll get to see you soon, Carl. Carl, congratulations, buddy. You're the best, man. Thank you, guys. You guys have a good day. Good luck. It's called One More, Thanks. and you can find it where you find your podcast. Carl Johnson is such a gift to the show. Okay, we continue again. 83 and a half on the rush prop for Derrick Henry. We come back. We'll set up that Tampa Bay and Kansas City uh, games uh, collectively tomorrow. Divisional round continues here. v the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 